We appreciate and love him tonight as he comes to give us a powerful word. Amen? Praise God. Well, it is good to be here tonight. I can't tell you how much I appreciate Pastor Blake and Carl and their entire family. You know, the Bible says that you're not to forget your friends. Proverbs 20, I think 27, says don't forget your friends. How many remember, who remembers what else it says there? Or the what? Friends of your father. Amen? I made a uh, determination in my life. Friends, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, Doc Holliday said. He said, the guy said, I've got lots of friends. And he said, I don't. Amen. But the ones I have count. Amen. And so I really appreciate Pastor Blake and Carla. Appreciate, uh, the, I, like that, that scripture says, the friends of your father. Don't forget them tonight. It's good to have uh, Wayne McEwen. Uh, he drove about two and a half hours, to, over two hours anyhow, to get here tonight from Italy, Texas. And uh, so he's a, he, he was my dad's friend long before he was mine, and we love him. It's good to have my girlfriend here tonight. And uh, she's been my girlfriend for 40 years, amen? And uh, praise God. You know what? 14 hours, we only had one minor argument. That's pretty good, amen? When you're, when you're with your spouse for 14 hours and your butt hurts, amen, from sitting there, amen. I do. I love her. appreciate her. You know, uh, you just got to determine you're going to do the will of God together, and then the devil has to get out of the way, amen? So it's good to be here. We are looking forward. We're going to see what God wants to do this week. Men are men, but the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost, amen? How many are willing to let the Holy Ghost help us this week. Amen? Praise God. So it's, uh, it's good to be here, and uh, we're going to have a good time. Turning your Bibles to James chapter 6 in just a moment. I'm going to read that. James chapter 6. You know, uh, we see, every time I see one of those bumper stickers, those coexist bumper stickers, it just irritates a fire out of me. First of all, the cross is the last one in it. And, uh, you know, how many, how many hear the term relative? Everything's relative. In other words, there's no conclusions. We all just embrace each other. Can I tell you the gospel is not coexist? It's not relative. It is the gospel. It excludes everything else. Amen? It excludes Buddhism. It excludes Islam. It excludes uh, all the cults that we find in America. And it, it, it brings uh, people to a place where they have to make deliberate decisions. And uh, it, I've learned in my life that, that uh, when I get deliberate, God begins to move. Say the word deliberate. Okay, I'm going to show you something about faith tonight. Faith is deliberate. And it says in, in James chapter 1, verse 6, only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering. I'm reading out the Amplified Bible. No wavering, no hesitation, no doubting. For the one who wavers or hesitates or doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea 
that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything, now watch these last three words in the Amplified, he thinks, feels, and decides. Okay, so here's the man that the Bible says will not have their prayers answered. I don't want to be that man. How about you? This man won't have his prayers answered because he is not deliberate. He is he, he, he's irresolute. He is this way and that. Well, maybe or well, maybe or might, but, but he hasn't made up his mind about anything. I'm telling you, faith is deliberate. Many times we're asking God for things, and he's saying, when you make up your mind about what you're asking and what you're believing me for, then I'll answer. And so tonight, if you want to see God begin to move, you're going to have to, as a Christian, become deliberate. So important in, in many specific areas of our life, we have to be deliberate. I do like the movie Tombstone, and in that movie, there's one place where uh, Morgan is, uh, Wyatt Earp's brother is in this town, and he's trying to get this guy to behave, and he's trying to get him to calm down and, and, and be nice and play nice, and, and Wyatt Earp walks in. And uh, he just walks up to the guy, he pulls his gun, and he shoots him right between the eyes, and he falls down. And, and Morgan looks at him like, why did you do that? And uh, Wyatt Earp says to his brother, he says, you know what the problem is, Morgan? You're not deliberate. And he reaches down, and the guy was about to shoot him, about to kill him, pulls the gun that he had up his sleeve out. Can I tell you that if you're not deliberate, the devil will do things to you as well? So I want you to think tonight with me about the word deliberate. Faith is deliberate. Now, what are we talking about? Let me give you some, some scriptural background for this and, and some proof, and we're going to talk about some different areas. First of all, what about in the area of preaching the gospel? See, a lot of people today, uh, they're not deliberate. Churches are not deliberate. You know God calls us to preach the gospel. He calls us to witness and many times, in fact, uh, uh, many Christians have never witnessed because they're not deliberate. They're not going to deliberately, you know, when you grab a track and when you leave the church and you take some of those tracks, that's the beginning of being deliberate. And you're saying, I'm going to talk to somebody. You know, I, I, from the, when I first got saved, God began to deal with me about evangelism. I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. And... Uh, uh, but I, I didn't really, in, in that church, we didn't really witness to people. At least I never heard much talk about that. And uh, so, but I wanted to be a person that witnessed. And, and God, when I first got saved, God began to speak to me about being, a, about sharing the gospel. The Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel. We've got to be deliberate about that. And I was, I remember when I was uh, about 18 years old and been seriously saved that long and I was in the line to take my driver's test, and you got your 16-year-old license, and you got your new one at 18 years old, 
And so I'm in that line, and uh, there were two driving instructors. And everybody told me, you know, this one's really nice, but this one over here, you want to watch out for him. He'll flunk you. He's, he's a grouchy old man. And so I'm in line, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me to witness to the grouchy one. And I'm thinking, you know what? I, I would really like to pass my test, Lord. And so I'm in line. How many ever had the Holy Ghost put you in a headlock? And I'm getting convicted. Deal with this guy. Talk to him. I'm just a skinny 18-year-old kid, and I get up there, and literally I was so afraid my, my, knees, my knee was shaking. You know, you ever shake? If you have those baggy pants on, you can kind of see it. And I'm in line, but I, finally I just got up to the front of that line, and I just kind of bumbled and stumbled over the words, and I talked to him, and I asked him, I said, has anybody talked to you about Jesus? There's people in line behind me. And you know what? He just softened. Something about him just softened. And, in, and you know what? He didn't get saved at that moment, but you know, within a couple of months, I didn't know it, but he had cancer, and he was dead within a couple of months. Now, I don't know. I might see him in heaven because... I did share the gospel with him. But, you, you know, we have to make a decision to be deliberate in the area of witnessing. Are we going to do it or do we just, or are we just this general idea? We say, well, our church believes in this. My question is, what do we do? Are we deliberate? You know, in, in the Bible, they were deliberately, they deliberately preached the gospel. And there was a, a deliberate response. They were bold about it. In Acts chapter 4, uh, verse 16, it says that uh, they, they were uh, uh, out preaching and, and they got arrested. How I many remember that? And, and they got arrested. They got hauled before the Sanhedrin. And it says, what should we do with these men? They ask each other, the Sanhedrin. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign. And everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. See, this man's been healed at uh, the gate. Beautiful. And so uh, they, they don't know what to do. He says, but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. Let me tell you, the devil's still putting that one out there. Keep your mouth shut. And, and so he, they said, warn them. And he says, so they called the apostles back in, and they commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. So there's, the, how many times the world's telling you, well, just believe it yourself. Just be quiet. But that's not what the Bible says. He says to, to shout it from the housetops, right? To preach this gospel. Watch what Peter did. But Peter and John replied, Do you think that God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything that we have seen and heard. And the council uh, then threatened them further. So tonight, let me just tell you, we, we're to be like them. We're to go. See, they, they didn't back down. They were deliberate. They did, they said, well, well, we'll try to obey, we'll try to do. No, they were deliberate. They said, will we obey God or will we obey you? Are we going to witness? Are we going to keep our mouths shut? Or are we going to preach this gospel to people? See, we, when we, uh, in life, we need to be deliberate about evangelism. We need to plan. We need to say, you know, I'm going to talk to them. You have co how many have co-workers? And you, uh, 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 have you talked to them? about? Have you given them a bold witness? We need to be deliberate in witnessing and sharing the gospel. You know, before I left, I grabbed a pile of tracks off my, my dresser because I fully plan, and I have already talked to some people on this trip, I fully plan on sharing the gospel. It's, it's the way I live. 
And so I'm deliberate about that. I'm deliberate. You say, uh, well, you know, you can't, you got to wait for the leading of the Spirit. The Spirit's already led. The Spirit said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You don't have to wait for nothing. Amen? Just go. Step out there and let God do what He's going to do. See, in many churches, people never really witness. And you're missing out on something that's awesome. People will respond. People will open. You know, I, I, uh, I sell milk where I'm at. And so I, I'm just amazed how many times God opens doors here. If you're just, if you're of the mind and you're deliberate, I see somebody, I think, well, I'm, I need to talk to that person. I had a, a gal the other day that, that came by, and uh, actually she called me to talk to me about a cow. And so I ended up talking to her for about an hour, and I shared the gospel. She, she was raised liberal, and she was just irate about having to wear a mask, and she'd been kicked out of some stores, and she didn't like it. And so anyways, I, I started talking to her about the end times and Jesus coming back and all that's happening. And, and later that week, she, she came out to get some milk, and I, I, I said, Lord, if you want me to talk to her again, give me another opportunity. And when she came, I said, there's my opportunity. I was deliberate. She ended up coming out to church. She's not saved yet, but she's a lot closer than she was. Deliberate. Another area we need to be deliberate is in the area of prayer. How many remember the story of Daniel? Daniel was a man that prayed. He was deliberate. See, a lot of times he said, well, you know, you know, when I feel something, that I'll pray. Let me tell you, you got to get past that because some of your most powerful prayers will be when you don't feel anything. One of Pastor Jones's greatest miracles, he told me, was when he was in India he, was, he had preached a crusade. It was hard. It was hot. It was dusty. It was a struggle. There weren't many miracles in that, that evening. And, and he was leaving, and uh, somebody caught him. And they said, our little girl has club feet. Would you pray for her? And so Pastor Jones told me, he says, I didn't feel anything. I just was deliberate. I prayed for that little girl. Did you know that by the next, I think it was the next night, her feet completely straightened out. That girl was completely healed, and in fact, she hadn't been able to, uh, to get married because uh, they make arranged marriages there. And I think by the end of that revival, she was engaged to be married. Why? Because somebody was deliberate in prayer. See, Daniel was deliberate. And uh, he, the Bible says he prayed how many times a day? Three times a day. He prayed, and, and, and he uh, was very deliberate about that. And so then, the, if you remember the story, the, the king makes a mandate because there's some tricky, uh, godless people out there, and they say, if you pray, you're going to be arrested and thrown in with the lions. But Daniel was deliberate in his prayer. He said, okay. He didn't say, well, I'm just going to hide in my basement and pray. No, faith's not like that. Faith doesn't hide in the basement. The Bible says, so. but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. That is deliberate prayer. You know, a lot of Christians, again, struggle. We don't have deliberate prayer. Well, if I have time, you'll never have time. Well, if I, if I feel moved or led, you'll never feel moved or led. That's emotional prayer. I'm talking about deliberate prayer. Daniel, we love to, to, the stories of being delivered from lions, don't we? 
But before that came a deliberate man who prayed deliberately. Do you have those, those deliberate prayers? Are you deliberate about it? You know, uh, a lot of you know this story about my, my granddaughter, baby Peyton, and she, uh, uh, long story short, she, the, the, when she was uh, several months along with her, they went to see what, uh, uh, what was a boy or girl, and they wanted a little girl, had two boys already, and they said, well, it's a little girl, and then they got real serious, and, and they said, She's, there's something wrong with this baby. And in utero, she had all of her long bones except for one. There was one ankle that wasn't broken. But this ankle was broken, this thigh was broken, that thigh was broken, her forearms and the top of her arms, all of those were broken in the womb. You could see them in the picture. We were devastated. And the doctor, the first doctor said, border, start over. That's, that's the godless answer of the medical society. And so it was, we were in shock. And you know, you go in for a happy time and you come home. And then over the next months, every report got worse. Every diagnosis got worse. And we're just, you, 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 you just begging for any good word, any sign of hope. And, and I remember it was, it was just a dark, hard time. But you know what? People were praying. You were praying. Churches around the world were praying. People were calling on God. And, but as a parent, and as my daughter, uh, Anna, we, we're talking one day, and, uh, and I'm just thinking, oh, God, help us here. And I, and I said to Anna, you know, as parents, you want to shield your kids from pain somehow. You want to try, and I'm thinking, if God doesn't, I told Anna, I said, you know what, we are believing for a miracle, but, you know, if, if God doesn't, uh, see, I, I was looking for a back door. Shame on me. And you know what my daughter said? She looked me right in the eye, and she said, Dad, I'm bringing this baby home. I'm bringing this baby home. You know what? She was deliberate, and the minute she said, I'm bringing this baby home, I said, shame on me. Then we're bringing this baby home, and we began to stand with her. It didn't matter. You know what? She didn't want another baby. She wanted baby Peyton. And so we prayed. She was deliberate. Can I tell you that in our prayers, we have to be deliberate. She didn't say, well, we'll see what God does. No, she said, I'm bringing that baby home. And you know what? We brought that baby home. Nineteen doctors in that room. That baby came out with not one broken bone. No soft bone disease. Amen? She is she's a wild little girl. She's all over our church. She's got two brothers, and she wrestles both of them. There's nothing fragile about her. And be, but you know what? There, I have to be honest with you. I, I wasn't doing so good. I was not deliberate, but my daughter was deliberate in prayer. God's waiting for you. He, he's waiting for you to say, okay. How many times did Jesus say, well, what do you want? Well, I want to bring that baby home. Okay, let's bring that baby home then. But if you don't know, you ever wonder why Jesus asked, what can I do for you? They're obviously blind. They're obviously crippled. What can I? He wants them to say what they want, and they'll be deliberate about it. So there has to be a deliberateness in our prayers. Specific. The, how many of you saw the movie The War Room? Tremendous movie. That woman got deliberate about prayer. When you get deliberate, you'll start seeing miracles in prayer. Another area we need, we need to be deliberate about is about uh, uh, taking stands in, uh, against idolatry. I mean, you want God's blessing on your life. 
You know, you cannot live in sin and, and go along with everything and, and make no stands and think that God's going to bless your life. You, you know what? Our society, our world, America has accepted all kinds of things that the Bible says will bring a curse and disaster on your life. And so, you know what? We have to be deliberate about stands. I, I, we don't go along with the coexist stuff. Amen? We're, we're, we're deliberate. Let me give you an example. In Daniel 3, you read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said to them, you've got to bow down and you've got to worship this idol. And you know what I love about them? They, they were just so deliberate. They said, you know what? We're not going to bow down. We're not going to go along. And in fact, uh, you know what? Our God will deliver us. But whether he delivers us or not, we're still not bowing down. How many can see that deliberate answer? You might wonder, because God moves, and if you remember, they did throw him into the fire. See, we think God will shield us from everything. Amen? But he doesn't. Sometimes he lets him throw you. Uh, lets, he lets him put you right in the fire, and then he does even a bigger, bigger miracle when he brings you out of the fire, and you don't even smell like smoke. Amen? So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we love that story. I think it's one of the most tremendous miracles in the whole Bible. But you know what? They took some specific stands. Are you deliberate? You know what? When people say, well, you've got to go along with this, and you can't uh, say that is a sin or that is wrong, we need to be deliberate about what the Bible says. Because sin is sin. Someplace there has to be a standard. Someplace black is black and white is white. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Come here with me. So there, we have to be deliberate. Say, no, I don't go along with that. You know, people just want you to, to put your stamp of okay on everything. I remember a number of years ago, I was, well, I was working a job, and uh, this uh, girl asked me, she worked right next to me, and she says, well, uh, she was, uh, you know, shacking up, living with her boyfriend, and she wasn't married. And she, she, so we got to talking about that. She says, well, what do you think about this? I says, I think it's fornication, and you're going to be in trouble with God if you don't deal with that. She was mad. She tried to get me fired. She didn't succeed. But you know what? The, what? What does the Bible say? You know what? Today, you take any stand against homosexuality, and all of a sudden, you're a hater. We're no more haters than the man in the moon. I don't hate any, any sinner. Amen? But sinners are sinners, right? I don't, I don't hate an alcoholic because they struggle. With, but you know what? Sin is sin. It's not an alternate lifestyle. It's a sin that will destroy you. I had a brother that died from AIDS, got all involved in that whole world. I saw what it did. It's a terrible, dark pathway. So you've got to take stands like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Stands against idolatry. Stands against uh, uh, things that are wrong around you. Don't go along. Say, you know what? That's wrong. And I'm going to take a stand like Shadrach. And then God will step in. See, God heard Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, King, God's going to deliver us, but if he doesn't, we're still not bound. And God said, I like that. How many want to be a lightning rod? God says, I like that. Don't you love it when somebody's just bold? Somebody's just bold. They say, nope, that ain't, that ain't flying here. That ain't going. You know what? Some people are just waiting for a church that will stand up and say, no, nope, we're not going along with that. This is one of those churches, amen? Another area that we've got to be deliberate in is, is in the area of... Uh, Habits of sin and addictions and things that we are dealing with. 
See, if you want delivered from an addiction, I don't care whether it's drugs or alcohol or pornography or a hate, a bitterness, prejudice, whatever it is, if you want delivered, you've got to be deliberate about that. You know why a lot of people don't get delivered? They don't really want to be delivered yet. They haven't made up their mind. They haven't, uh, they, you know, in the book of Acts, chapter 19, uh, it talks, it says, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing uh, sorcery brought their incantation books and, their, and they burned them at a public bonfire. And the value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. How did they get delivered? They came and they confessed their sins. That's why we believe in altar calls. That's why we believe not just altar calls to get saved, but how many know it's at an altar that we many times bring things to Jesus. But you have to, they, they confessed it. They didn't say, well, it's no big deal. They can, how many know when you have a bonfire? And let's just say, you, I don't know what the laws are here, but if you had a huge bonfire, that's pretty public, isn't it? When I first got saved, there was a guy in the church that got saved about a week before I did. And he, was, uh, he ran a record store. How many know what a record is? Record store. And uh, he had a phenomenal, he was a rock and roller. He looked like uh, uh, Peter Frampton. Long, flowing blonde hair. and Anyways, his name was Roy. And so Roy got saved. And he had this phenomenal record collection of all kinds of godless people. And God dealt with him. And he said, you know what, I'm going to serve the Lord. And so we had a party. You know, records burn really well. They're plastic. And so we, people went, he burned? He could have sold that. He could have done, but you know what? There was something submitted in his life. He was delivered from that. He was delivered from all of that. See, in the book of Acts, they got delivered because they made up their mind about things. You say, well, Pastor, I'm struggling. Let me just tell you, in every sin, you have to believe the lie that goes along with it to do it. And the devil says, this will really make you happy, but it's a lie. Let me tell you how to start hating your sin. Start looking at the truth of that sin. Make yourself think about throwing up in the toilet the next day. Make yourself, we had a girl in our church just a, uh, three weeks ago, and uh, uh, she, you know, she uh, has gone back and forth with this, and so she, uh, uh, she OD'd. She was this close to being done. The doctor said, I, I'm amazed that she made it. You know what? That's what you ought to think about next time you're thinking about getting high. That's, that's the truth of it. Look at the person. Look at this. You know what? You, you struggle with pornography. You think, well, I can go along. Look, consider what it's going to be like when your wife is gone, when your kids have no respect for you anymore. I mean, that, that's the real picture of pornography. It's, it's not, see, the devil paints these little highs and these little things. But you know what? You, you, have, to, you have to be deliberate. You have to say, God, I am done with this. I've, I've got to be free. See, Jesus says, he who the Son says free is free indeed. But you've got to want to get free. See, many people crawl away from their sin hoping it will catch them. Amen? 
But you gotta, you gotta want to get free. You gotta be sick of it. You gotta be done with it, and you gotta be deliberate. That's why we bring things to the altar. That's why we have bonfires and we get rid of things. That's why if you want free from drugs, get them, get rid of them, flush them, leave them at the altar. You, you want to be free from cigarettes? I remember Stephen Hill talking about uh, when God saved him, and, and he, he just loved those cigs still. That was the one uh, holdout. And so he said uh, uh, he had his last pack, and, and, and God dealt with him. So he went, and he threw him in a dumpster, and he walked away. And he said, no, that's not going to work, because I'll go back and dig him out of the dumpster later on. So he went, got him out of the dumpster, took him in, and flushed him down the toilet. You know what? That's somebody that wants to be free. Amen? Another area we've got to be deliberate is in, in the area of, of spiritual disciplines. You know, uh, many people, when I say spiritual disciplines, see, many people don't decide they're going to church till 10 minutes before church. Well, are we going to go to church tonight? You've got to have some spiritual disciplines. How many want to be powerful for God? Amen? How many want to kick the devil's tail? I'm talking, the Bible says he's under our feet, but can I tell you something? You've got to have some spiritual disciplines. What does that mean? What am I talking about? I'm talking about reading your Bible every day. See, many Christians don't. Well, if we get around to it, if we're not too busy with work, the devil will see that all those things keep you from it. Do you have a time every day? If I said tonight, I'm not going to do it, but if I said tonight, how many of you read your Bible today? I wonder how many hands would go up. Now, I'm not preaching condemnation. I'm preaching hope. Because when you read your Bible, you get clean inside. Amen? When you get read your Bible, God renews your mind. And, and you, there's a strength. Spiritual disciplines. Let's go back to Daniel. It says, Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food. How many remember the story? Daniel is in captivity. It would have been really easy to flow along. And the king says, we're going to give him all this rich food. We're going to give him wine. We're going to give him all this stuff. And Daniel's, Daniel decided something. He said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, we're not going along with all of that. We are deliberately withholding ourselves from those things. He disciplined. How many that's discipline? I don't like any. I mean, I, I want the rich food. How about you? But I, you know what? I realized something. It's going to eat me alive. I'm going to eat it, and then it's going to eat me. Amen? So he made a decision. What about spiritual disciplines? Going to church, praying, reading your Bible on a regular basis. Are you deliberate? See, I'm very deliberate. I get up in the mornings, and most every single day, I, I have a de I'm deliberate. I have a plan. I, I'm reading a, a, a good uh, devotional every day. I'm reading in my Bible. And, and it's, not, uh, it's not Bible roulette. How many know what Bible roulette is? And Judas went out and hung himself. You can get yourself in trouble with that, huh? But you know what? Every day, if you look at my Bible, I showed this to my men's group just... Uh, not too long ago, and I have uh, I read in the Old Testament, I read in the New Testament, so I might be reading in Second Chronicles, and then I read in, in Matthew, and I pick up, I go to the same chapter every day next to the next chapter. So I read Old, I read New, I read the Psalms every day. How many love the Book of Psalms? Just brings hope to my heart, and I just back it through Psalms, 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 and uh, I read Psalms every single day, and that's I'm deliberate about it. 
and I write it down on a piece of paper, and each day I just write the chapter I read and put a check by it, and then I, I go, and you can go through, you can get in my Bible, you'll always find a piece of paper. Why? Because I'm deliberate about that. And you know what? It feeds my soul. Are you deliberate about spiritual disciplines? Are you deliberate about the baptism in the Holy Ghost? See, many today, it's uh, like, well, we, we believe in it, but nobody's contending for it. Can I tell you that in the book of Acts, they were deliberate. It says in Acts chapter 8, verse 14, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who, uh, who, some, who came down and prayed for them, that, the, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they laid hands, their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. I mean, we are a Holy Ghost church. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And when you get saved, you need to be deliberate about getting filled with the Holy Ghost. You see what I'm, t- I'm talking about with the evidence of speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit. Who wouldn't want to speak in tongues? It's awesome. You worship in the Spirit. When you don't have words, God has words that He prays through you. It's a wonderful thing, but we should be deliberate. You say, well, I, I prayed once and it never happened. Then pray again and again and again. They said, you know what, they've been saved, but they have they been filled yet with the Holy Ghost? Nope, okay, we're going to send a whole team of guys down there just to get those guys filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's deliberate. It was a separate experience, and you see it again and again in the book of Acts. Are you deliberate in how you're raising your kids tonight? How many want your kids to go for God? You've got to be deliberate. You got Joshua said, "Is for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Certain things go, certain things don't go. I was deliberate from my earliest years. When they needed a whipping, they got a whipping. When they needed loving, they got loving. Amen? But the loving comes after the whipping. Amen? And so you've got to be deliberate with your kids. I was talking to Kyle the other day. He's, you know, 38 years old now and so I don't know how we got, we got into some discussion, and he's telling me about some of the things that he did that, you know, as your kids go, you keep learning things. And uh, this was back when he was around in his 20s, early 20s. But from about 17 to 22, he was sneaking around, he was smoking cigarettes. And he told, he says, yeah, he says, Dad, one day I was working on this roof, and I was up there for about three hours. He said, I never stopped smoking one time. I just smoked cigarette after cigarette after cigarette for three hours straight. He had to do all his smoking because when he knew when he got home, he had to be cleaned up and get the smell off of him. So he just smoked his ears off, you know. And he's telling me this, and I'm getting mad. <laughs> I said, oh. I said, you know what? I said, you're making me mad all over again. I, you know, because I, but can I tell you this? He's been clean a lot of years now. And uh, he's raising his kids right, and he's, he's my assistant pastor, and he's a blessing. But, you know, I was deliberate with my kids. I didn't raise them. You say, well, what's no big deal, smoking? I'd just be glad they're not doing drugs. No, no, that don't fly with me. Amen? If they die of lung cancer, it don't do me any better, does it? So, you know what? I, I put him against the wall. I said, you're not, you're, no, we're not doing that here. We're not, we're not do, going down that trail. You're not going to live that way in my house. 
this is my house, and these are my rules, and this, and when, we, when it was time for church, you're going to church. It was never a question with our kids because we were deliberate. I know families that, that their kids never show up to church. That's the parents' fault as much as the kids' fault. Amen? You say, you've got to be deliberate about it. You've got to, uh, and, and I, uh, you know, I told Kyle, I said, you know what? I, I, I was, when he's telling me that story, I'm thinking, it made me mad. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? He said, oh, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm okay now. And, and uh, I said, because yeah, I was confrontive. I was deliberate. I told him, you know what? We're not listening to trash music. We're not listening to secular garbage music. And so he had this boom box that was great big. It was, and my mom loaned it to him, big old Magnavox boom box. And, and so uh, I, I go in the bedroom one day, and I just had this funny feeling. I said, what you listening to? And he says, uh, he, uh, he had his earphones in. And he, he, he turns, the, and it was, he said it was the Christian radio station. And I, I just had a feeling. I mean, God helps parents figure out. He tried that. Robin would, would always pick up on his smoking. and We'd, we'd get him. But anyhow, I, so I told him, I, I, I said, you know what? I said, what's in, the, what's in the tape player? That's, you know, if you don't remember records, maybe you remember tape players. Amen. How many remember eight tracks? So uh, what's in the tape player? Oh, oh, nothing, nothing, Dad. So I reached over there and I hit play. Well, it was garbage music. And, and right there, so I said, so you, that's what you're listening to. And he just hung his head. So I picked up that boom box. I picked it up over my head, and I crashed it down on the floor. I mean, there was plastic flying all over the room. He says, Dad, that was Grandma's. I said, I know. Now you can explain to Grandma what happened to her player. But I was, how many know you, if you let things go, Everything goes. You let their friends go. You let, you know what? You've got to make, you've got to be deliberate when you're raising kids. Now, I loved them today. I have a fantastic relationship with all of them, but they feared me. They, you know what? I, I, he's taller than me. I, he gave me a hug by when I left, and I told him, I told Robert, I said, it's like hugging a big bear. He's tall. He's, he's like your pastor. And, uh, uh, you know, but the, the thing is, I was, I'd put him up against the wall. I'd grab him by the front of his shirt. I said, you are not going to do this. How many know, if you don't tell them they're not going to do it, somebody's got to tell them they're not going to do it. I was not afraid of my kids. Don't be afraid of your kids. God gives you authority. Authority to help them. Authority to train them in the way to narrow them. That word train literally means to narrow them like in a rut. You say, well, we don't want to be in a rut. Yes, we do. Some ruts are good. They're better than going over the cliff, right? So you've got to be deliberate when it comes to raising kids. And it may look dark at times. Be deliberate anyhow. There were times I remember one night I went to bed and I just said, God, we're, we're losing this one. It's not going to work. And I got on my knees. I said, God, change him. And God specifically told me, pray that I will capture his heart. I prayed that night. I got up in the morning. And he came out of the bedroom. He said, I don't know what happened, but God changed my heart last night. Telling you that that's the truth. But deliberate. Be deliberate with your kids. Be deliberate with your loyalties. You know what? I, I'm, a, I'm a loyal person. I believe in loyalty. I'm deliberate in my loyalties. My friends, my church, the people that I stand with, I am deliberate in those loyalties. 
It's not maybe. It's not might. It's, it's, you know what? I've got friends that, i got one guy in my church. His name is Grant. He's been my bass player for years. But he's been uh, one of my great friends since the seventh grade. Since the seventh grade. And I'm about 30 years old now, so you know how, that's a long time ago. But he, I'm deliberate about my friends. I'm deliberate about my loyalties. I'm going to be loyalty, uh, loyal to my friends. Pastor Jones had been my pastor for a lot of years. He, I'm deliberate in my friendship towards him. You know what? Deliberate loyalty is very refreshing to me. It's very refreshing. We have to be deliberate in our praise. You know, we, had, we have worship tonight. You, you, Paul and Silas were in jail. And they did not feel, see, we say, well, you know, if I feel the Spirit move, I'll raise my hands. No, why don't you raise your hands because you're deliberately going to praise and then see what God does. Paul and Silas were in prison. They had been beaten. Their hands are bound. Their feet are bound. They don't feel like worshiping God. And they said, you know what? When it came midnight, Paul looked at Silas and he said, you know what? Come on, Silas. Let's get ahead of this train. Amen? Let's get our hands. And they began to worship and to pray so loud that all the other prisoners heard them. They weren't whispering. They were praising God. Can I tell you that's deliberate? It's deliberate. So when you are, when you are struggling and you have gotten some bad news and, and things are not going good, be deliberate. Say, you know what? I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. When, when the pastor says, let's give a shout of praise, be like they were around the walls of Jericho. Deliberate. And the walls came down. Deliberate in your praise. Deliberate. If some of you are called to pastor in this place and you, you want to uh, become a pastor, you're going to have to be deliberate about that. Amen? Okay, well, let me just see, you know, uh, after I do this and this. You know, when, when, when God called Elisha, he, had, he burned his plow and he killed and sacrificed 12 teams of oxen. That sounds like a very deliberate decision. He said, I'm going to answer the call. Amen? He was deliberate. You ought to be deliberate about your tithes and offerings. Amen? You know why God, you know what the tithe means? It means one-tenth. Somebody said to me, well, how do you know the tithe is 10%? Look it up in Webster's. Tithe means tenth. And you know what? Be deliberate about that. Be deliberate. When God gives, speaks to you about an offering, be deliberate about that. Write that check and be happy about it. Amen? Give that. See, the tithe is very deliberate. I absolutely believe in it. It's brought such blessing and help in my life. But I'm deliberate. You know what? When Sunday comes, I'm going to have an offering. I can already tell you. Before we came in tonight, I had already written out an offering, and I can always write a second offering as God leads. Amen? But I'm deliberate. I'm going to go to church with an offering, with my tithe. I'm going to do that. This week, God will move. If we're deliberate. And we don't want to go these next couple days and say, well, I, I think God did something. We need to work with God tonight. He wants to help us if we'll get deliberate. And maybe he's spoken to you tonight about an area of your life. And you need, he's waiting on you. See, faith is deliberate. If you're shaky, if you're iffy, you say, God, I, I want you to move in my kid's life, but you're not deliberate about that. God's waiting on you, mom and dad. If you, if you want to get delivered tonight, you're struggling. I'm not condemning you. I've had a heap load of struggles myself. But you know what? Get, deli- get deliberate tonight. And God, you can walk out of this place. You see, we, 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 we're in a world, they just, it's like everything is ongoing. 
You go see a counselor, and then you see a counselor again. You go to, to this program, to that program. Uh, you know, uh, I, there's a uh, church in our town, and it's always about celebrate recovery, celebrate recovery. How about getting delivered and going on and living our lives? Amen? Instead of sitting around just talking about uh, this and that. A lot of these places make you want to go back into it. So let's get delivered. Let's bow our heads tonight for just a moment. God wants to help us, and faith is deliberate. So tonight, God's talking to us in this place. I have no doubt. I prayed about this message days ago. And he wants to do a deliberate work. He wants to do a deliberate work this week that will last in your life. And it starts right now. It starts right now with you and me being willing to let God bring us to a place where we're deliberately dealing with things in our lives. First thing you've got to deal with is whether you're saved or not. See, going to church doesn't make you saved. Hanging around Christian people doesn't make you saved. Trying to be a good person, having good intentions, does not make you saved. But it's a very deliberate decision. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, confess what? That you're a sinner. Confess what? That you need Jesus. Confess what? That you believe that Jesus died on the cross. But two things, very specific, deliberate. He says you confess it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart. So it's not just lip service. And belief is a choice. It's not a feeling. The one man, Jesus said, do you believe? He said, I believe. Help my unbelief. He was struggling, but he said, I believe. Belief is a choice tonight. Do you believe that Jesus alone can cleanse you? Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross is the only thing that will save you. Joining this church will not save you. But meeting with Jesus will. Is every head's bowed, every eye closed? How many to slip your hand up right now? Very quickly, God's talking to you all over this place, left to right, front to back. How many to slip your hands up and just say, you know what? I need to make a deliberate decision for Jesus Christ tonight. God's talking to me. Very quickly, God's speaking to you. Right now, you just, you, you, he, don't put it off. The, d, be real with Jesus right now. Right now, God's talking to you. Be deliberate. Be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, you know what? I'm going to serve the Lord. Slip your hands up right now as God would speak to you. Let him help you. He wants to help you. That's his plan tonight is to help you. Let's stand in this place tonight. How many are willing to be deliberate about witnessing? about sharing the gospel with people. How many of you young people will be deliberate? You know, you can become a preacher. A lot of you, let's see, a lot of young guys around here tonight. 